This morning is a Sunday. Um, this year I've really been challenged with. Uh, making sure we're hearing from multiple voices in our church. Sometimes you hear from pastor and sometimes you get to hear from others. Uh, this morning is one of the blessed mornings we get to hear from others. Uh, the other this day, uh, I would just say this about Luke. If you haven't spent time with him, he is an encourager by heart. I can't tell you of a Sunday he hasn't pulled me aside and, and shared with me just what God is speaking to his heart, uh, just what God is doing in him. Him and Savannah have been here, I think, going on two years now. Just about. Um, and they've been fruitful and multiplied, so that's always good, too. Um, so, Luke, you're going to come up. You're going to get to share uh, the pulpit yours. Well, good morning, church family. Um, I just want to first off thank you guys for who you guys are. Uh, you guys are a blessing to us, and, uh, yeah, I'm so thankful for you. So just know that today. Um, this morning, uh, we're going to be in First Peter chapter 1, and... Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn to that. That'll be our main text, and there's going to be uh, multiple cross-references this morning. But uh, while you're doing that, uh, the title of today's message is Made New. And I've had this uh, mulling over in my, my heart. The Lord has put it on my heart for the last nine months, roughly. And, uh, and it's a little background of this morning's message. is uh, About nine months ago, my dad called me. My folks called me, I guess. And... Uh, we, we kind of just started talking Jesus and what was going on in our lives. And he had, he, he had told me he had had a conversation with a gentleman that was confronted after, uh, after a while in the conversation when Dad asked him if he was a born-again believer uh, in Jesus Christ. And um, the man didn't understand what my dad meant by that. And so Dad is telling me through this. And uh, we didn't spend much time talking about the man not knowing uh, what it meant to be a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, rather, Dad and I started talking about um, what that meant to us and do we know what that means in our own lives. And uh, to be born again, to be made new, um, to be a new creation uh, in Christ Jesus that belongs to Christ Jesus, as it says in Second Corinthians. But, um, and what I really gained out of that conversation with my dad uh, was turning it back to my own relationship with Jesus Christ. And could I define what it means to be a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, to be made new? Like, what does that mean to us? And I don't feel we can fully humanly fathom that, um, but I believe that God gives us knowledge and he gives us, um, he gives us the blessing of, of speaking to us and into those things. And that's one thing he's just really been speaking to me over the last nine, nine months here um, throughout all of his scripture. And I believe that's how he clarifies and assures us um, continually is when he brings something into our heart, and then as we read through Scripture uh, elsewhere, it's, it's confirmed. And so that's kind of the background of, of what, uh, where this, this message is going to come from. And I'm, I'm excited, I'm extremely excited, because it, God has encouraged me and challenged me in this, and I hope it does the same for you guys today. Um, but I wanted to give you a little background of where my heart's at and where it kind of came from um, uh, over the last little bit. And, uh, and one thing it did make me want to want to research is the Greek word for new. And so I looked up in the context of, of how uh, meaning new life, meaning uh, reborn, uh, belonging to Jesus Christ, uh, what does that word mean in the Greek? And the word uh, is kainos in Greek. And, and what it means is new in kind and in contrast to what previously existed. So taking the place thereof. And, and that really hit me, uh, and, it, and it edified to me uh, what it truly means to be made new. 
in Christ and belonging to Christ from once, what we once were without Christ, without faith in Jesus Christ. And so, I want to, uh, we'll read here. Um, it doesn't? Okay, that's right. Uh, in First Peter here, starting in, in verse 2, and we're going to go through uh, 7, we're going to read the, the text that we're going to be studying here this morning. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach, and cha- uh, the, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So truly be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to to the whole world. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Uh, this morning, I thank you uh, that we have an opportunity to read your word, saturate your word in our heart. Um, what this passage, I was actually reading this First uh, and Second Peter uh, over Easter last year. I, I, I was compelled and I felt led to read those chapters um, over Easter, and I'm very thankful uh, for that time frame to read these uh, two, cha- uh, two books in the Bible um, for that. Um, but what with this specific text, what really illuminated to me, I guess, in regards to being a made new, uh, new creation in Christ Jesus, um, is three aspects that we all have in our life. And that's the past, that's the present, and that's the future. And within this text, and it's how we're going to go through today's study and text, is we, start with, we start with our past, we look forward to what the future is, and that impacts how we live within the present. And living within the present, I mean in, in, in today's message, If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're made new. And so that's the moment we're living in, and what a glorious moment that is today. We're sitting here together as made new creations in Christ Jesus. It's phenomenal. And and the Lord's just been putting it and just brewing it up in me. And it's almost hard to describe what it is, but I think that's uh, just because of of the magnificence of Jesus. Um, But the present, and what I mean by the present, and what we're going to study in the present is our past, our old self. Um, what that looks like, what that is, um, and what that is and the seriousness of what that is and the severity of what that is. Um, but then we're going to look to the future of what God promises, what our inheritance is, as it says in this specific text this morning. So that was really illuminated um, when, I, when I studied this, uh, studied this text specifically um, over Easter there. And uh, What I'm so thankful for is... is is new creations in Christ Jesus is, um, and, and what He's been really putting on my heart, and, and I hope today you take away that is, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what is that? And that's what I've been wrestling with in my own heart, in my own mind. What does that mean? Not only does, uh, not only what does that look like, but what does that mean um, for us uh, as as 
is believers in Jesus Christ. And, and, and what the, the, the part of the summarization that I have come up with is being made new is the present moment in life that we are living right now at this moment. And I'm so grateful for this moment because it is a, it's a combination, a divine spirit and anointed combination of a, humi- a humility that uh, because of our past and in light of our past, what we, uh, what we once were, um, but that being forgiven, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ in our life combined with the promise and the future living hope the certainty of what we have to come. And so that's what I believe the Lord's been speaking to me is the, the combination of the two that makes up now. May, we are made new now. We are not home. We are not, uh, we are not in heaven with Jesus Christ yet, but we are made new. And, and what is that? That's a, I believe that's a combination, and this text really um, edified that for me. Uh, it's, a, it's a combination of that, um, of, of living today in a, in a reverence, in obedience, in a humility, because of our past being forgiven by Jesus Christ alone, yet combined with the promise and, and, and what we can look forward to ahead. And I, I believe we have to make sure that we, we understand both because uh, we need to be reminded of our past at times. I needed to be reminded, and it hit me hard here um, to be reminded of it. And so we're going to discuss uh, within this text in First Peter, what, what is the past? Like what... What does that mean, Luke? What do you mean by our past, our old self? Well, in, this, in, in First Peter, uh, in, in this text that we're studying, <clears throat> starting in verse 3, all praise to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, now is present, right? Now we live with great expectation. So, so how I analyzed this scripture here going forward is now we live with great expectation. So before we were born again, before we were made new in Christ Jesus and a new creation belonging to Christ Jesus, uh, we did not have great expectation. We didn't have that. Why? Because we didn't have Jesus Christ in our life. Starting in verse 4 there. And we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. So prior to in our old self and our old ways before we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior we have an inheritance that is not in heaven and that hit me like that's serious that's real and I think we need to recognize that we don't need to dwell and I don't want I don't want us to think that I'm I'm wanting us to dwell on our past cuz that's not where we're supposed to dwell right but we need to have the humble reminder and recognition that our past has been forgiven but our past was serious, and we were separated from the Lord. And our inheritance was not in heaven before we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And it goes on to say, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. So what that tells me is, before we come to know Jesus Christ, and before we were made new, we, were, we had an inheritance that was not priceless, that was not pure, that was not undefiled, And that was not beyond the reach of change and decay. It was of this world. And that's that's serious serious things that we need to uh, remind ourselves at times. And um, I want to look at Romans um, first, starting in uh, chapter six here. And it's a verse I'm sure most most of us are familiar with. But I want to remind ourselves of it again. Is six twenty uh, chapter six verse twenty three for the wages of sin is death 
But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what that tells me once again is uh, in our old self, in our old ways, we deserve death because of our sin. And we don't deserve the free gift of, of God. Um, we don't have that before we are made new and we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you jump back to chapter 3 of Romans, starting in verse 19 through 23, it says, Obviously the law applies to those whom it was given, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now, but now, God has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping the requirements of the laws promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of the glory of God. Sin holds us back. In our old self, we are sinners lost without hope. That is what is in our past, but it is in our past, and I do not want us to dwell on it. But I want us to humbly be reminded of the severity of our sin without the forgiveness of the blood of Jesus Christ in our life. <clears throat> so don't dwell in the past, but live in reverence, obedience, humility, in light of our past. And live in reverence, obedience, and humility in light of the promises that God has made to us through His Word, through His true Word. That leads me into the future section. So, uh, going back into our main text, First uh, Peter here, what's it say about our future as being made new, born-again believers in Jesus Christ? Well, what's it say about our future? It says, we live with great expectation. Expectation is for something that is to come, right? And it's a great expectation. God is greater. It's an, it's an expectation that is great. That is something of to come. So he prefaces verse 4 there with that future look. And we have a priceless inheritance and an inheritance that is in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Now, I'm sure you think, I'm well, Luke, you're repeating yourself. Well, yeah, but I think we, we need to understand... Uh, what that means for our future, but we also have to understand what we once were. Because we are nothing without Jesus Christ in our lives. We are destined for something terrible, hell, without Jesus Christ in our life. Colossians chapter 3. Later we'll read a bigger passage, but for the sake of this certain um, study, in verse 4, this is re-edified. Bless you. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all His glory. Today I want people to be reminded and, and challenged both as made new believers in Jesus Christ that we have a priceless inheritance. We get to share in His glory. That is, that is amazing. That is that is awe-striking amazing. That is something Luke can't describe to you. That is something that is only Spirit-anointed in our lives. And what a blessing it is. And a blessing is something that we, we don't deserve, but yet God still gives us. 
And I see that the text tells me that through and through. We are truly blessed to be made new in Christ Jesus because we don't deserve what He gave us as a free gift for eternal life in Jesus Christ because of the sin that held us back. But He forgave that. And we get to share in His glory. So we not only get adopted into His family, but we get to share in His glory, as, it, as Paul says in Colossians there. That's, that's awesome just to think of the thought of what our future holds as made new, born-again believers in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> How does Jesus describe what is to come? And I'm going to take a little, uh, a little uh, passage from when He's hanging on the cross with the two criminals. And... How does, he, how does he reply to the criminal that's, that asks him to remember me? He says, I assure you today, in Luke 23, verse 43, I assure you today that you will be with me in paradise. Now, I don't know what paradise in heaven, I can't fully fathom what that's going to be like, but dang, I'm excited for it. But I think we get glimpses of it. We, we all have different interests. For Walt, it's probably hiking 26 miles into a beautiful, beautiful lake, dropping the dry fly, letting the big brown come up and, and bite it. There, there, there's probably not much more that could be described as paradise in that. Some of us, it's looking at cattle growing out. Some of it's, it's in a branded pen uh, dragging calves out. No matter what it is, we all have a little glimpse of what paradise could be, right? But when that comes from Jesus... He's saying, you are going to be with me today in paradise. Like I said, I can't fully fathom what that looks like. But where, what I'm going with is, is the, the weight for one of God's glory in the future that we get to share. He, he's saying we get to share. And Colossians, Paul is reminding us, we get to share in his glory. That is the future we have as made new believers in Jesus Christ. That is so awesome. That should propel us continually to, to seek Him, to draw into Him, to, to saturate our lives in His Word because we have that future because of God's grace and God's love in our life by His Son's death and resurrection. We once were in the past lost without living hope. Like I said, I, I want us to to be reminded of, of what I'm trying to describe here, there, there's, we are made new, and that's a combination, a divine combination that the Lord blesses us with that is a healthy, humble understanding of what we once were, nothing, without Jesus Christ, to what we are now that we have Christ and the future that we have in Him. And if I'm not really edifying to certain people, the hymn that was really brought to me about three months ago, and it was saying right up here by the awesome worship crew that this church has, that really, I think, could be right with this text in First Peter. And it's the, it's the song, It Is Well With My Soul. I believe It Is Well With My Soul is a, is a hymn that describes the present moment we live in as believers that are made new in Jesus Christ because there is an understanding that we don't deserve what we have now, but we have something promised ahead. And it's not a feeling, guys. It's a, it's a truth. It's a reality, and it's, but it only comes from God. Like, feelings, we can all have feelings of this world, but 
this is a this is something the Lord anoints us with by His Spirit. We have the opportunity to live made new, and that that combination of understanding, man, my past, I don't deserve where I'm at today without forgiveness in Jesus Christ. But today, I am there, and I have the hope for for a future that we get to share in His glory. And it's it's a it's a promise of God. It's a characteristic of God because He's faithful. And that is to come, and, and, and we know that. So where I'm, where I'm wanting to encourage us and challenge us is the fact of what is made new? What is it as believers in Jesus Christ? Can we fully define it? No, I don't believe so. And I'm not here to say I can fully define it. And this isn't the, the perfect explanation. But through this text, I believe that it is truly a God-given, Spirit-anointed understanding of where we once were without forgiveness. But now that we have forgiveness, we have a, a future hope because of God's promises so we can live today well. Our soul can live well today because of the hope we have in Jesus, because we are made new in Jesus Christ. And so that leads me to the present. So we talked about the past. We have the future hope. What does text say about the present? Well, starting in verse 6 of, of our text today. So, truly be glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though you, might, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So truly be glad. Why can we truly be glad? Well, because our past is forgiven. Our sin is forgiven once and for all. And we have a hope, a living hope, and a promise of God for our future. That is why we can be glad today. That is why Peter is saying, be glad. There is joy ahead. So we can live in the moment glad, understanding that our past is forgiven, our sin is forgiven. We have a future that is sure, a priceless inheritance and that we get to share in God's glory. But also, all in the meanwhile... Today, we're going to have struggle. We're going to have trial today, right? And yet we can still push on because we know of the joy that is, that is to come. It's not made new today. We're living in a moment we are not. It's not complete yet. We aren't home with Jesus Christ, but it is to come and it is sure to come. Our salvation is there and God is protecting us till that day by our faith. It's an understanding that only comes by God's grace in our life and by His His wisdom bestowed and His understanding bestowed upon us. And that's found in our Word. And I'm so thankful for God's Word. And I love growing in God's Word and, and, and saturating our hearts and our minds in the present because we, we get reminded of 
how blessed we truly are to be made new. Made new, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, you're in this room as a made new creation belonging to Christ Jesus. That is glorious. That is awesome. And I am so thankful that He invites us and adopts us into His family. Jesus' blood saves us from what we once were, a sinner lost without hope, so that we can joyously rejoice in what is to come because of His faithfulness. I kind of equate this. My dad used, uh, uses a, a saying, ah, it's like a kid in a candy shop. It's kind of like what I was describing a paradise, right? Like Walt's a kid in a candy shop when he gets fire on his hand. And what do I mean by that? And, I, and, and we kind of chuckle here, but I think there's, a, there's quite a bit of truth to it. You know, a kid in a candy shop, he knows, maybe, he knows that he doesn't deserve to be in a candy shop. But boy, he's enjoying the moment of being in that candy shop, Jim, because he knows what's to come. He knows he's going to dig that. He's going, to put, he's going to put that piece of candy in his mouth, and he's going to enjoy it. But that's not here yet, but he's in the candy shop. He's looking. He doesn't deserve to be in there. I believe that text of our life in Jesus Christ is somewhat like that in the present. Because we are living today not perfect. But we have Jesus Christ in our life that is propelling us to something that is far greater. And we are made new in that. And that's something to rejoice in. Do the trials still come? Yes. Is it always easy? No. But why can we be glad today? Why can we know it? Because we have joy that is to come. We have a certain hope. We have a... uh, and when I say certain hope, I mean a hope that is certain. Uh, and that there's, it's a hope that is like no other hope. It's not what the world says is hope. It's a hope that is, that is certain. But what this really propelled me is, well, not only asking you to go back to the, the start of the message about um, what is... What does it mean to be made new? Like, what does that mean, Luke? And I wanted to study, I wanted to research, I wanted to meditate on that through God's Word and through prayer of what it is. But what is that? The next question we do need to ask is what does that look like? What does that look like for our lives? What responsibilities do we have because of our opportunity to be made new in Jesus Christ and to belong to Jesus Christ? And I believe... Colossians chapter 3 really edifies that. And I was kind of smiling at the Lord when I read Colossians chapter 3 here uh, because it's a very similar passage to what Peter is saying in um, chapter 1. So I just want to read this and then uh, we'll discuss it. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, 
not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. What I believe Peter is encouraging us in what is being Reconfirmed, or confirmed, reassured uh, in Colossians by Paul there is that because we are made new, there is responsibility. Because we have the knowledge of, of saving grace in our life, there is responsibility. Now, it's not only to share the gospel to those who, who are around us, but that, I believe, as Paul edifies in Colossians, is to turn away from that evil and to not go back. It's lurking within us, right? It still wants to, uh, to come back. The old self, in the worst way, wants to come back. But we need to continually turn away from it because we are made new. Things are different. Just as the, word, the Greek word for new, new in kind and in contrast to what previously existed, so taking the place thereof. Our old self can't live with our new self. I think the scripture that hit me pretty hard the other day was when I, when I thought of the old self can't live where the new self because of the Greek word uh, and the definition there of taking the place thereof is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And where there is freedom, sin can't abide. Just as we have the Holy Spirit living within us as born again new, uh, new creations in Christ Jesus that belong to Christ Jesus, we can't go back to that. And what is being encouraged here and what I challenge each and every one of us is our old self is gone and we need to be reminded of that. We need to be encouraged in that. That that is gone. But that, that, that doesn't mean that we don't continue to turn away from it because our old self, is, our nature is going to come back. Luke's human flesh is going to want to come back. It is truly going to want to come back. But we have Christ Jesus in our life and we are made new in Christ Jesus. And what a blessing that is. But there's responsibility with that knowledge. And we have the knowledge through the Word of God and has made new born-again believers in Jesus Christ. We have to remember that we have that knowledge and that there is responsibility in our own lives, starting within our own hearts, starting within and then to share the good news to those around us. Psalm 15, I was reading this a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read the whole chapter, but don't get worried. It's only five, five verses. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise 
flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. What does that tell me in light of what we're talking about today out of the text of 1 Peter is being made new? What that tells me is because we are made new by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone, we, have, we are able to worship in His sanctuary. We are able to be in His presence on the Holy Hill because the Holy Spirit lives within us and because we are new creations in Christ Jesus, not because of who we once were. But what it also tells me in this is it's the reminders, this is Colossians, or as Paul reminded to the people of Colossae, that he reminds us, hey, you used to gossip. Hey, you used to harm neighbors. You used to speak evil. No matter what that form or fashion that looked like, we all did it. We all partook in it. But we need to make sure that as made, made new born-again believers in Christ that we put that away so that we can worship in His sanctuary and we can enter His presence. Because we can if not. If, if we don't have faith in Jesus Christ, we can't do that. What a blessing, you guys. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you and the encouragement you guys are to me. Job 28, verses 28. This is the last little reference I got. And this is what he says to all humanity. Job speaking of God. The fear of the Lord is true wisdom. To forsake evil is real understanding. What the Lord's been pressing upon me within the first Peter scripture today is that now that we live made new with an understanding, and that understanding is by us by by God's Spirit anointing us, understanding that we are forgiven because of our sin, and that propels us and reminds us of his promises that are to come because we have been forgiven. We have accepted Jesus Christ into our life. And that that understanding is can only come from God and God alone as made new, born-again believers in Christ. But the word forsake really caught me when I read this a while back in Job there. Because first, when I think of forsake, I think of the, the, the verse when God reminds us that He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. And what, what true understanding is Job is saying in here is to forsake evil. So what is the reminder to me and I hope it encourages and challenges you guys today that we need to forsake that evil because we have that true understanding. And that's by God and God alone. But we need to forsake it. Forsake is turn away completely. Leave. I'm so thankful, Lord, that you show us mercy, you show us grace, and that you do not forsake us. But as born-again believers we and made new believers, we need to be reminded that there's responsibility, that we need to turn away, we need to forsake evil that is lurking within us. We are blessed. We are blessed to, to be born again. We are blessed to be made new and belong to Jesus Christ. And we need to rejoice and be glad in it today. And we can only live 
with that because of the understanding that he's bestowed upon us because of our past being forgiven, our sin being forgiven once and for all. What a blessing. What a blessing. As it says in 2 Corinthians, the old is gone, the new has come. So I, I encourage and I challenge each and every one of us to live accordingly. To live according to how Scripture describes that and to, and to live because of the understanding that He has bestowed upon us due to that. We are blessed by the opportunity. And with that, I hope that you are encouraged today. Um, I don't know if the worship team wants to close or uh, what, but um, thanks for being a light and an encouragement to me. And I just encourage you to live made new. We have the worship team came up, come up. Uh, I also want to take this time for you to reflect on the word, but have a time to respond if you need. Uh, we'll open the altars up for prayer if you have a need in your life. If you want to respond to the call um, from looking back and looking forward to seeing where you are today, are you living in the fullness of newness that God has for you? Are you that new creation? Um, are there things... Uh, that that are that are clinging to you. I'll just give you a preface. Next Sunday we're going to pick this right back up. I've been preaching on the questions of Paul. The question that Paul asked that we're going to look at next Sunday is why do you want to be enslaved by those things that once enslaved you? Um, we are new creations. Luke, I almost felt like we should do communion uh, at the end of this just because that's looking back, looking forward, and, and celebrating today. Uh, I'm going to pray, um, and worship team will lead us in a song. If you want to pray about anything, if you need pastor to stand with you, if you want Luke to pray with you about something, we're here. Father, we thank you so much uh, for Jesus Christ, for the certainty of his death, the certainty of his resurrection, and the certainty of our forgiveness, the promise that we have been made new. We thank you for the joyous hope that we have, the expectation of what is to come, the assurance of our eternity, the candy store you've prepared, God, for us. And we live in that today. We live in that today, not dependent on what's going on around us, but sealed by what was and what is to come. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, if you were blessed, make sure you encourage Luke. Uh, He had nine months to work on his sermon, so I usually get about a week to work on mine. Um, That's why I love this. Uh, You've got a lot of depth. You've got a lot of thought. You've got a lot of time for him to marinate and think. Encourage him like he can be an encouragement to me. And I'll say the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, may turn his face towards you, and grant you his peace. And may you be made new. Knowing what was, the past, Knowing what is to come, the future, so that you can live with joy in the present. Amen? Be blessed.